This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Wednesday and welcome to another edition of Community Connection. Today we have some folks here who are going to talk about Lifeline Pilots. And I'm excited to have one of my old friends from the college, Jeff Williams. Jeff and I were together for a number of years. And um, Jeff, you were always a good guy and you're still a good guy. And I'm not surprised that you're involved with something like this. So thank you for your service and what you do. Um, and then, of course, we have Lindsay Kara with us. She's with Lifeline Pilots as well. Lindsay, tell us a little bit about the background of Lifeline Pilots. Sure, I would love to. So Lifeline Pilots is a nonprofit. We do free flights for people who need to travel a long distance for medical care. And we do that by using volunteer pilots like Jeff to fly the flights for us. And we've been around since 1981. So 42 years we've been doing this. Uh, Lifeline Pilots started in the garage of our founder, Wanda Witsit. And she got her pilot's license in her 40s, and she decided she wanted to do something good with that license. And so she started talking with other pilots that she knew and with the medical community. And they worked together to start flying people who needed to travel a long distance for medical care. And it's just grown since then. Lifeline Pilots is actually the oldest, longest, con- or continuously operating volunteer pilot organization in the country. But since we started in 1981, we have sister organizations that have also started and you can find a volunteer pilot organization throughout the country. But Lifeline Pilots, we serve the Midwest. So we serve 10 states here in in the the center of the United States. Mm -hmm. So, Lindsay, practically, how does it work? Well, when people need our help, they reach out to us. We do non-emergency flights. So that's the most important thing to remember. We can't um, stop at a moment's notice and go pick somebody up and do a life flight. Instead, what we do are non-emergency flights. So people who have pre-arranged appointments, who need to travel for a second opinion, for cancer treatment, clinical trials... And what they do is they reach out to us and they tell us what their need is and and we tell them whether or not we are able to help. You know, a lot of it is going to depend on um, where it is they're going. So we can fly anywhere from 100 to 1,000 miles to take somebody to treatment. Depends how soon their appointment is. We need, you know, at least five days for that first flight in order to coordinate it. And then it's also going to depend on their mobility. People do have to be able to get in and out of a small airplane. Sometimes you're climbing up onto the wing of the plane and you're having to kind of fit behind the the pilot's seat. So you do have to be ambulatory to be able to fly with us. So if people do meet those requirements, we can help them. So they complete an online application that we have. We allow self-referrals. They complete that application, get it to us, um, then we verify their information, we contact their doctor, and we get a physician's release for them. That physician's release does two things for us. It tells us, yes, it's safe for them to fly in a small, unpressurized aircraft. And the second thing is it, it verifies the need. It tells us, yes, this is a legitimate person who is needing to travel for medical care. Mm-hmm. Once we get that physician's release back, then we go to work coordinating the flight. We put a plea out to our pilots. We have 350 pilots that are located throughout our 10 states. 
And depending where they're located, we put the plea out to the pilots in their area. We route the flight. So we look at, you know, where it's starting and where it's ending up. And if we need to make a stop in the middle. And then we start asking our pilots for help. Um, we are not um, schedulers. So we're not saying, Jeff, on Tuesday, I have a flight I want you to take. Instead, we're calling Jeff and we're saying, hey, we have this flight on Tuesday. We would love for you to take it. And, and then we ask him to help. Um, and we do that with all of our pilots. And then once we have the flight, um, the pilot connected to the flight, then we send the itinerary to our passengers and they make that connection with their pilots. Good information. Let's take our first break and then we'll come back and we'll talk with Jeff about being a volunteer pilot and what's happening at the Vermilion Regional Airport. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Community Connection. Today we have the Lifeline Pilots Program on and we have with us Lindsay Kerr and also Jeff Williams. Jeff is a volunteer pilot. So Jeff, tell me, um, so this happens at the Vermilion County Airport or starts there or ends there, right? Well, it doesn't have to. I mean, it starts for me at the Vermilion Regional Airport because that's where my plane is. But um it doesn't necessarily, flights don't necessarily originate from there. Uh, I've only had a few flights so far, a few missions as they call them. And uh, recently I've been uh, working on my commercial certificate and I haven't had quite as much time, but I hope to do more of these in the future. But a couple of times I've headed down to Southern Indiana to pick someone up. And then we went up to Waukegan because of Mount Zion there, the, the cancer center. So um, generally, though, the idea is to try to plan things so that uh, any particular pilot doesn't have to go a huge distance to pick someone up. It's kind of based on where we're all located and we're spread out throughout the region. So um, it's just kind of an on and as needed basis, basically. And wherever people are, we'll try to arrange so that someone can come and pick them up. Mm -hmm. And so how did you become involved with the program, Jeff? Well, you know, it's interesting what Lindsay was talking about um, with the founder of the organization. I also felt like, you know, I've, I've gotten this license and what, what good can I do with it that's actually helpful to people? And so then um, you, you need to have a certain number of, of hours and a certain amount of experience. But once I approached that, I started looking online and found out about Lifeline Pilots. And so then once I had um, the number of hours that I needed, I went ahead and signed up for that. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like a really good organization. And um, a lot of times um, the communication is via email, works, which works really well for me. Uh, but once in a while, I'll get a call because there was one case where they were having a little trouble filling a particular flight. And so they, you know, if they feel like this pilot might be in the right place to do that, they'll actually call and see, can you do this? So that seems to work out really well. And mm -hmm. the are all very good. Do well, we have, I shouldn't say shit, but the people that are coordinating everything do a really good job. Oh, that's why I was just thinking it, it uh, takes a lot of logistical experience, Lindsay. 
It does. Um, and we are a very small team. We have four full-time staff and we serve 10 states. Um, we are about to add a fifth full-time person because we are a growing organization in the last few years. Um, in 2019, we were doing 200 flights a year. And this past year, we did over 640 flights. Oh, wow. So we're growing pretty quickly. We um, actually have a strategic goal of reaching 1,500 flights a year by 2027. And the reason for that is that we know the need is out there. People just don't know we exist. So sharing information on a program like yours is wonderful because it lets a lot more people know that this service is out there free of charge um, for people who need to travel for medical care. Mm -hmm. So, Lindsay, being a nonprofit, I'm curious, and if, and if the flights are free, how do you all make this happen? Because obviously it costs money. It does cost money. Um, we are very lucky that we have incredibly generous volunteer pilots. So our pilots cover all the costs of the flight. They cover the fuel and if they are renting an aircraft or any costs, any ramp fees, they pay all the costs. So last year, our pilots donated more than $1.7 million in free flights. Um, and it's because of those generous volunteer pilots that we're able to do these flights. Then we also have the operation of our organization. You know, we have staff who coordinate the flights and it takes a lot of, of manpower to do that. Um, and we don't receive any government funding. Instead, we fundraise like, like most nonprofits. About 70% of our operating income comes from foundations and trusts. Um, we do a lot of grant writing. And then the other 30% comes from individual donors, corporate donors, and, and just those private donations that are made. Mm -hmm. And again, just to throw out, you are 501c3, so this is obviously something that's tax deductible. If someone's listening today and you're looking for, for something to invest your money in, this is that's a tax right. deductible right. opportunity. Yeah, we are a 501c3. Everything's tax deductible and it's tax deductible for our pilots. So the donation that they make is actually a tax deductible donation. Um, we use a, a computer software that's specifically designed for our organization to do the flight coordination. So they are actually able to see what the, the dollar equivalent of their donation is and take that as a tax donation. So that is an incentive for our pilots to fly. You know, it's just like they're donating cash to us. Um, a lot of times people say, why, why would pilots do this? And, and my answer is twofold. I said, one, pilots love to fly. You know, they're looking for a reason to fly. And, and the second is what better reason than to help people who are in their time of need to get to medical care far from home? We've had some pilots who, um, have either started out by knowing somebody or having a family member who needed to use our service. And then they got involved later on because they wanted to give back. And we've also had pilots who flew for us. And then down the road, when they got older, they needed our help to get to medical care because they couldn't fly anymore. So, um, you know, our pilots are, are incredibly generous and they, they are pretty amazing at what they do. Mm -hmm. Let's take our next break and then we'll come back and continue the conversation. Welcome back to the final segment of Community Connection this morning. We are speaking with Lifeline Pilots. We have Lindsay Kerr with us, and we also have Jeff Williams, who is a volunteer pilot. So, Jeff, to put it in perspective for me, I'm just trying to think like miles per gallon. 
in my car. I keep track of the mileage and I can get about 30.5 miles per gallon. In an airplane, what does that look like? Well, it depends on a lot of factors like uh, uh, the particular plane and what engine it has and what winds you may be dealing with on the flight. But if you exclude winds, um, some planes can get something on the order of 15 to 20 miles per gallon. So it's going to be less than an economy car, but it's probably going to be, you know, similar to like driving a truck. Um, mine gets a little bit less. It has, uh, it happens to have a little bit bigger engine in it. So it uses a little more fuel, but it also goes faster. So it all kind of balances out. So like to put it in perspective, uh, one of the flights that I did from Southern Indiana up to Waukegan, um, my passenger told me that uh, driving up there um, takes about seven hours because you have to go either through Chicago or around the edge of Chicago. But in the plane, it's only about an hour and a half. So you pay a little bit extra in fuel when you're flying, but you get the benefit of saving a lot of time. And sometimes that's an important factor. And especially for people that have to make multiple trips, as is common in these situations, they have to return over and over again. So driving all that much is it really becomes a burden sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you're not feeling well and, you know, trying to stay in a car for that many hours. Or if you're the person who has to try to drive yourself, um, I can see where that would be very uncomfortable and very disheartening. Right. And of course, Everyone is different. Some people like flying in small planes. Uh, some people aren't familiar with it. Some people really would rather not. But um, so it's entirely up to the people involved. But uh, my experience with it has been really good. They, they've enjoyed it. We've had good conversations on the flight. And it's, it's just a, a really positive experience, I think, for everyone. Mm -hmm. So how many people can fit in a plane? Does just the person that's needing the services... Uh, get to ride or are there several people that go? It, it depends on the situation. Sometimes uh, the person needing to travel feels better having someone else along. And I've done that situation. My plane will hold myself plus three other people, as many as three others. Um, most of the planes that will do this type of thing probably will have at least four seats, although there are two seater planes. Some of them will hold uh, six even or more. But I would guess that the majority of the planes are probably going to be four-seaters. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, do you, do you often get requests um, for multiples to travel? Oftentimes, it is two or three people who would go. Mm -hmm. So any adult who flies with us can bring one companion. And if kids are traveling, then they can bring two companions. So when children are flying, that's when we get requests for multiple people because oftentimes mom and dad both need to go. And if they have siblings, then it might be difficult for the parents to leave the siblings at home, especially if they're needing to travel for a, to be at the destination for a long period of time. Um, but oftentimes it is two or three people who are traveling when we get those bigger groups, then we have to call on our pilots who have larger airplanes that can not only fit the number of people, but also carry a heavier weight. Because weight is an, an important factor when you're flying in a small airplane, which is one of the questions that we ask. People are often off put by our questionnaire because we are asking for their weight. 
Um, but that's really important because when the pilots go to determine how much fuel to put in the plane, knowing the weight of the passenger is an important part of it. Okay, so so a light bulb just went off in my mind. So that's why at the airport, if you're two pounds over, that's a that, that's a thing. You need to not be two pounds over in your luggage because they're uh, allocating for a certain poundage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Weight's an important thing when you're, especially when you're dealing in general aviation with small airplanes. Good information. So, that, so audience, you just learned something there. They're not being mean. There really is a reason why they're saying you can't have those extra pounds. So, Jeff, in Vermilion County, out, or out of the Vermilion County Airport, do you know how many pilots there are and how many trips this looks like? Well, you mean how many pilots are participating? Correct. Yeah. I, I don't know if there are any others right now at the Danville Airport. Um, I, I'm i not familiar with that, but I, I haven't talked to anyone else who is yet, but um, this might be another benefit to uh, having this word out there, not just for potential passengers, but also maybe for pilots that might decide that they'd like to be part of this too. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay, what would be that process if someone's listening and they are, they do have a plane, they're a pilot? What would be the process? We are always looking for additional pilots. So we have an online application for pilots as well, where they can enter all their information and upload their documents. We have some requirements for our pilots. They do have to have a minimum of 250 hours as pilot in command of an aircraft. Uh, They have to be at least 21 years old. Um, and then they have to have liability insurance um, and, and show us that they have that insurance. And they also have to have basic medical, um, a basic medical exam by a doctor and have that approved. So if they have all of that information, um, they then upload that through our portal and we onboard them as a command pilot and we get them taking flights as soon as, as they can. Um, we also, you know, if, If they know somebody like Jeff, who's a pilot, and they'd like to go on a flight, you know, they can contact us and we can put a call out to pilots in that area and say, hey, you know, we have somebody who's interested in joining Lifeline Pilots as a command pilot, but they'd like to go on a flight first. And then they can go as co-pilot, you know, when somebody else takes a flight. And that's a great way to do it, too. Um, It's a great way to kind of see the impact. It's really interesting because when I first started working for Lifeline Pilots four years ago, I didn't understand at first, you know, what that impact the pilots had on the passengers was. And we had a flight with a couple that I went along with and they looked terrified throughout the flight, but it was just a beautiful day. And we landed and um, they still looked terrified. And she came up to me and she gave me a huge hug. And she said, I'm so scared to be here because I'm scared what the doctors are going to find. But I know that this is where I need to be. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And she just gave the pilot and I big hugs. And right then I was like, I understand why the pilots do it. You know, you're giving them this gift that really nobody else can do. It's very unique and just a wonderful feeling. Definitely. Um, So I looked at your website and I was reading some of the different things. So you do medical, humanitarian and disaster relief. And, you know, just thinking about some of the disasters that's happened in the last couple of years. Have the Lifeline pilots uh, locally been involved in in any humanitarian or disaster relief projects? We we are involved occasionally. It really depends on where it is and where the help is kind of being um, started from. So back, you know, when we had the pandemic a few years ago, we were flying PPE when we couldn't fly people. 
Um, we are getting that PPE to rural communities, um, especially Indian reservations in the northern United States. We are flying a lot of protective materials there. We've responded to um, tornadoes during Hurricane Katrina. We had pilots that were flying supplies down to small airports in Louisiana. Um, and even going far back as 9-11, our pilots were flying skin grafts during that time when a lot of the commercial airlines were grounded. Um, they were letting small GA flights go. So, um, you know, over the years we have done some, but we don't do a lot of disaster relief. Um, a majority of what we do, about 90% are medical flights. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff, going back to you, you, you talked about um, your involvement and how you were looking to do that. So, again, just talk to somebody, you know, people are listening today and they are pilots. What would you say to them about your experience? Well, it's been entirely positive for me. Um, it's it's a really simple process to sign up as long as you meet the requirements. And um, it's just a really good opportunity to, you know, put what you have to some good use for people. In my early days of flying, and I think this is true of a lot of pilots, when you're still learning, you may just decide to go up for a flight just to fly around. But eventually, I think many of us get to a point where just like we don't typically just go drive around in our cars, uh, although people, of course, will do that. But there's less of a motivation to do that when you drive every day. Um, so a lot of us, if we're going to fly, we would kind of like to have a purpose, a mission, something to accomplish with that flight. And this is a perfect way to do that because you get to go fly, you get to uh, have the experience, you get to meet people and you get to feel like you're contributing to something that's worthwhile. Very good. Well, I, I, I'm not surprised to see you doing this, Jeff, because you are that kind of a person. So thank you for being willing to, to step out and do that and help families and to bring this to our attention. So again, as you know, we were saying, get the information out there so people can learn about Lifeline Pilots, how to apply if they are somebody that may need a medical flight or how to become a volunteer pilot. And um, you have a lot of information on your website. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so lifelinepilots.org um, is our website. And we have videos that will help um, give you an idea of what the experience flying with us is like. Um, we also have lots of frequently asked questions for passengers, for pilots, um, we also have a section where people can make online donations because we are a nonprofit and donations are really important to keep us going. Um, and then we have a blog area where we have just some more detailed information about general aviation, about charitable aviation and flying for medical care. Good information. So again, you can learn a lot just by going to the website. So Lindsay, how did you become involved with Lifeline? So I have worked in the nonprofit sector my whole career as a fundraiser, someone who worked in communications for nonprofits. And I always had a dream that I wanted to run, you know, a small nonprofit. And I was working um, as director of fundraising and marketing here in the Peoria area, which is where our headquarters is. And this opportunity came up and it really spoke to me, um, you know, Providing equal access to healthcare is so needed in our country. You know, there's such a division between people who have access and don't. And 
I can't do a lot to make an impact on that, but to be able to work for Lifeline Pilots, at least I can increase access to transportation for healthcare for people. Um, and when I saw the job, I jumped on it and it really was just meant for me. So four years ago, I took over as executive director and, it, you know, it was about six months before the pandemic started that I started my job. Um, and that's not something I was expecting. But since then, we have um, increased the number of flights that we've done by about 240 percent. And we continue to grow. Um, and we do that by spreading the word. We, we recently saw that, you know, we've increased the amount of money that we've invested in outreach and the number of flights has increased um, at the exact same trajectory as the amount of money that we increased um, our, our budget every year. Because we know the need is out there. We just have to tell more people about it. And, um, and we also have to find more pilots because in order to fly more people, we need more pilots that are willing to do that. But it's been it's been a fun ride. And I, I love being able to help people to get to that medical care that they wouldn't otherwise be able to access. Remind us again who who would qualify or how they would apply to be a recipient of one of the rides. So we do non-emergency flights. So we need somebody who is traveling over 100 miles, but less than a thousand to non-emergency medical treatment. So it's a pre-arranged appointment, second opinion, cancer treatment, clinical trial. Um, and they just need to have either a financial or a medical need to use our service. So they can't afford to go by plane every three weeks for cancer treatment, or they're not able to drive a long distance. You know, maybe they don't have somebody who could take them. Maybe the distance is so vast that it's just not possible for them, you know, medically to sit in a car that long. So any of those reasons, people would qualify and they just go onto lifelinepilots.org, fill out the form. My mission coordinators will get in touch with them and start the process to get them involved and, and get them flying. The great thing is there's never a cost and there's no limit to the number of flights. So we will fly someone again and again. We have one lady who she actually recently passed away from cancer, but we flew her 120 flights with Lifeline Pilots to cancer treatment. Yeah, and what a great opportunity, um, you know, as you were saying, Jeff, to really make a difference and to use your, your skill or your talent to reach out and help others. So thank you for doing that. You know, a huge thank you if any Lifeline pilots are listening today. Thank you for what you're doing. And if you want to learn more, again, that website has great information. Lindsay, give that to them one more time. Sure. It's lifelinepilots.org. You can also find us on all the social media channels. Okay. Thank you so much for being with us. Again, we've been speaking with Lindsay Kerr, Lifeline Pilots, and Jeff Williams, who is a volunteer pilot out of the uh, Vermilion Regional Airport area. Thank you all for what you do. Audience, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. We'll be back in the morning with another show. Until then, have a good rest of the day. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.